Sometimes I do it and sometimes I don't. The times you do it freaks me out when I'm editing. I'm like, what is that extra voice? <laughs> <laughs> this first ad was sent to us by just about everyone on the internet. I know. I, I got it, an email from at least uh, Co, the ad wizard. Uh-huh. And I know it was on, the last time we saw it on the Facebook group was from Jason Fuzzmonger. Yeah, but, that's where my screen grabs are uh, from. I think there was a dude named Justin or Jordan or something who sent it to the email too. And, yeah. Well, Trogley's already done his video on this, so why should we even bother? But, you know, we're going to use it as the uh, the clickbaity screen, uh, screenshot there, the thumbnail. Mm -hmm. So might as well do it, even though Trogley beat us to the punch. When did Trogley start? Is he is he cheesing off our whiz? Did he start doing this after us or before us? I have no idea. I'm sure he did not know we existed when he be decided to become a famous YouTuber. When he made that decision? <laughs> do you think he knows we exist now? Probably, uh, right? Uh, let's see. Um, Welcome, Troglodytes. <laughs> have you ever wondered how the name of the show and its watchers were chosen? Oh my gosh, Steve, this, this channel, is not fun oh, to listen this to. This channel's been active since 2009. Well, 2009? The... Uh, they joined YouTube in 2009. I can't say like how long they've been doing videos. Okay, maybe maybe he beat us to the punch. That's fine though. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> All the, right. The oldest video is from seven years ago. So, yeah, he beat us then. Yeah. Yeah. Ever so slightly. Congra Dang it! Congratulations, Trogly. You bested us. He definitely beat us to the YouTube game. That's for sure. Yeah. One hundred. One hundred percent. So this. I, I labeled it the mutilated telly. I just called it natural refin because it says it's a Fender Telecaster natural refin 1970. I don't really want to go through the details. Oh, I'll go through this one. Pickguard appears to be original, but then reshaped and painted black. Basically, these are all, it's an ash body that's been stripped and refinished. Maple neck, maple fingerboard. Uh, pickups and wiring is replaced. So it has lollers in it. Yeah. I thought when I was looking at it that this was going to be a left-handed conversion. like Because so, what, what's happened for the listeners, the podcast listeners, uh, the top horn or, you know, bump of the Telecaster body has been carved away at an angle in a way that would make me think someone's trying to get better fret access to the other side of the, of the neck. Right. I don't think this was actually used as a left-handed guitar, though, because the strings are normal. The nut is normal. It's not showing any other signs. Like there's not a strap button on the lower horn showing that someone would have flipped it around. You know, it just looks like someone got a, you know, a bandsaw for Christmas sort of situation. And then they reshaped the lower horn to be more pointy and SG like, I got to say, I kind of like the point that they put on it. I like that. That, that kind horn. of soft. I'm trying to figure out. Or on the on the other horn. Yeah, on the lower horn. It's an actual point. I would I would be down to see the profile of this guitar, but with a matching top horn, with the same style of horn. I think that would right. be a cool right. look. It would be like a like, it's like a wide SG. Yeah, like a wide SG or like some sort of like Yamaha take on an SG or something yeah. like that. Um, I mean, there's so much to unpack with this guitar. I mean, it's it's. It's been definished. It's not a refin. It's a defin. Someone did the whole, you know, relic Pizza Hut table thing is with it, it. Do you think this is this supposed to be a? Um, it says the pickguard has been reshaped, stripped, and finished. So is the okay pickguard was was painted black. So it was like painted black, and then it was worn down to 
reveal white. Yeah, the, I think that's I feel either... like the control plate is really out of place. Um, it's really clean. Yeah, I see what you mean. It looks newish. Actually, the the bridge is really clean too. Yeah, I mean the whole the whole deal here, the whole reason because we've seen mutilated guitars all all the time. This a 1970 Fender Telecaster that has been mutilated, but now they're asking. $3,600 for it. Yeah, that's where uh, I struggle. Well, <laughs> thankfully, Trogley already did all the hard work for us because I watched his video so on it. So do you know what the, num- what the actual, actual, actual value is? The, go- the going rate for a 1970 in clean condition? I would guess it's like f- maybe 4K. It straddles this. It, it, it is like three and a half to like... 4200 or something like yeah. that, if I remember right. So this price is redonkulous. Yeah. Um, there was some sort of hint in the video that maybe this guitar was owned by Scott Ian of Anthrax, which, like, who cares? <laughs> like the, I mean, someone might care. No but... one buys this guitar because they're like, oh, yeah, I got to have that Scott Ian guitar. <laughs> it's just not exactly, you know, like his on brand for him in any sort yeah. of way. This thing's pretty beat up. Um, but the only the, thing the, I the, could possibly justify, and it still doesn't get you anywhere near thirty six hundred, is the neck looks really cool, and the neck is basically the least mutilated part of yeah. all of this. Well, that was that's part of the thing is that the back of the neck looks real glossy still. Like the rest yeah. of this just looks trashed, but then you have the back of the neck that's all glossy. It's like what happened to this thing? Someone. Someone relic to this. So it's most of this wear isn't legit, you know. Right. And the fact that the the front of the headstock is all like yellowed and patinaed, and then the neck, the rest of the neck is fine. That is really odd. Yeah, like I mean, said, there's you, some. There's relic- a shot of the back of the neck, and it looks like. I mean, the the top of the headstock is showing some like wear from because that nickel hardware does get kind of gross. That gross green yeah. patina, but the part of the neck down by where. The first fret, like the first fret section would be, uh-huh. is like super, like actually seems too glossy. <laughs> I think someone was, well, the store, I mean, thanks, Trogley. You've given us all the information. The story was, because he, he contacted Reverb because uh, CME bought this. Oh, okay. And they're trying to resell it. The story was it came from a guitar shop where this was the the guitar that they used all the time in the shop, probably to test amps and stuff like that. Gotcha. So I think the shop was dicking around with relicking techniques and mm. doing funny stuff. And like, oh, let's practice polishing frets, you know. Oh, let's put this different piece of hardware on there. Oh, let's try this or that. Uh, and it became a parts bucket, you know. And it's, you know... Its history is a little bit muddled. No one really knows for sure what it is. Um, there's no, you know, no date on the neck heel or anything like that. It's got Lowler pickups and it. it doesn't have original pickups. Right. It looks like one of the tuning, uh, the the high B uh, tuning peg was replaced at some point because it's a lot cleaner than the rest. Oh, yeah. Unless someone practiced doing a polish job on it. <laughs> like there's really no way to know the pedigree of this thing completely because it's such a parts beast. And the body's been mutilated. So, I don't know. Uh, Trogley didn't get into what he thought the going rate should be. But what's what's your gut? Assuming that is the body is a chunk of wood from 1970 and the neck is a 1970s neck. 
I mean, assuming that those two things are true, I'm still pushing down to like 1500. In my head, I was maybe a thousand. In my head, I I had 1200 pop up. That's not an expert opinion. We're fully amateurs over here. I realize that, but that's like, that's the number that would pop into my head. Be like, Oh yeah, maybe my interest is getting tickled a little bit. But that's again, that's assuming that that you could figure out or you just were, um, I don't happy to assume, I guess I don't hate the all all real. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like there's no way to know Like this body's been so affected and trashed and had stickers on it. And you know, the paint's been removed and someone did, you know, some sort of like relict finish with, you know, rubbing in stain or whatever and sandblasting the wood and then doing it again. I don't know. I don't know how they achieved this look. Um, it's just too much of a mystery and the body's too funky with that crazy cut. But there is something endearing about it. There's something charming about this guitar. I kind of do like the painted pickguard too. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it kind of looks like they were trying to go. And I, I also kind of wonder what it looks like in person. Uh, but it kind of looks like they're going for a black, white, black kind of a three ply, like the reverse of the normal three ply. Right, right. Three ply thing. But then you're supposed to like. I think they just that first layer of black has been worn through. No, I think they just wanted a black pit guard and now the paint is wearing off. I think that's all that's going on here. Oh, okay. They cut the white pit guard to 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 match the body shape and then they just kept looking at it like, "Ah, it needs a black pit guard and they didn't want to cut (laughs) a new pit guard for it, you know? Because you can't go buy this pit guard shape. It's custom now. (laughs) It's custom. You can't buy a new pit guard and reshape it to match this shape. If this <laughs> if this guitar didn't have the body mutilation, I I would say three grand is probably fine. If it is a true nineteen seventies guitar, because it looks like it has mojo. Does it the, throw the rest you, of the details have mojo to me? Does it throw you off that oh, never mind. So in this first picture, this whole time I thought there was no neck pickup. Oh, you thought that was a hole? The neck pickup is actually just so shiny and it's reflecting yeah. the p- guy who's taking the photo. It's reflecting his fingers or something. Yeah, like uh <laughs> um that I just thought that it was not there. <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of look like an empty hole. All right, so anyways, uh thanks Trogly for <laughs> doing the hard work for us on this ad thanks for the help but i mean you know this show isn't about us breaking news on anything this is this is a show based on you and i just talking about stuff <laughs> that we think <laughs> is that's a thing you need to have yeah on the news sound up breaking because you know people totally know what telegram beeps are morse code well it's you know it's in our lexicon it's a sound that's used yeah. to indicate news even though people don't realize where it comes from <laughs> Our news sound should just be the old AOL, you've got mail. <laughs> so what's new, man? You got anything new? Yeah. I, you know, I was going to say I don't have anything new, but I, oh, I am wearing oh. my uh, bare neck guitars that, shirt. That that guy's been and, posting uh, on Instagram oh my like gosh. crazy. Yeah, I would go, just go follow Instagram. It's really great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go check out his guitars. They're super, they're just like beautiful, out of this world, like Jetsons inspired yeah. I got, to, I got to see the mood one, the mood-themed one at the Chase Bliss booth at NAMM. I saw them all. You saw them all? I, I, did, I never made it over to his booth. Oh, yeah. 
No, I, I played one. It was freaking fantastic. And I feel bad because he kept inviting me. He kept messaging me like, oh, get over there. See my guitars. See my guitars. Yeah, man. They're How really much great. are those things? They've got to be, let me guess, let me guess. They're like $3,500. I actually have no idea. I never. Uh, We're going to find out. I never They're looked, looked like it up. Like 600 bucks. I'm going to be killing myself that I didn't go and check them out. They're really cool. I really like his design uh, style. They are 31 or 3500 Wow. I nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I just know what stuff costs now after years of looking at guitars now, what's professionally. A, what's a trip is apparently he was like an acoustic guitar maker for a while. which And then he took a hard left into these wild guitar designs. Yeah. I mean, just the headstock is worth the price of admission. Like he's figured out how to get a straight line from the string across the nut to every single tuner with a three by three design. Yeah. And it's yeah. like super bonkers to look at, but then when you really think about it, it's a smart design. So apparently he started making electric guitars then he switched to acoustic guitars and then he switched back to electric guitars. Good man. Uh, that's what it sounds like. He uh, saw the error of his way. And yeah, I guess like the whole inspiration for all these designs is like funky, like surfy Tysco, yeah, like course. old Tysco models. Well, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry I missed you at NAM. I'll check you out next time. I guess you're just going to have to buy one. <laughs> yeah, with all that money I have. If I sold a bunch of stuff, I could get one. But like, considering I haven't played any of them except for the Mood one, it'd be a big buy. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. What's new <laughs> I with you, I can't Ryan? imagine myself buying a $3,500 guitar. Oh, yeah. Like buying one, I can't imagine You it. can't imagine it in your wildest dreams. You don't ever play no. a thirty five hundred. No, I guitar? could play one. You don't ever. In I mean, your I've wildest got, dreams, I've you got never. The, I've got the Nutter over there, which is you know that's what he sells them yeah, for. Yeah. But like, I if I had thirty five hundred dollars to spend, I can't imagine myself spending it on a guitar. I'm just saying, you know, like you're you are a creative professional. Yeah. But your imagination never takes you to <laughs> a place up. where you have purchased a thirty-five hundred dollar guitar. I could, okay, I could imagine myself. I could, I could, I could just imagine myself buying a billion-dollar guitar. What would that be like? I mean, like you've imagined it's yourself. Fantasy, Steve. You've imagined yourself as a Yeti, but you can't imagine yourself buying a thirty-five hundred dollar guitar. That's bedroom stuff. The TMI. <laughs> 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 oh man. This is the part where you ask me what's new. I tried to earlier, but oh, then sorry. You, you cut me off. Sorry. <laughs> hey Ryan, what's new? Well, I today, the day that we're recording, I just put out the demo for the big old Valco Blood Buzz. And it's I think it's gonna start me to finally do the thing I've been meaning to do for years. I'm gonna make a big pedals board. Right, not a big pedal board. How big? How big is how big is the big's pedal? Big, big how, pedals board. How big is the big pedals board going to be? Uh, I don't know how big the board is going to be, but my thought is to just have a bunch of big pedals that are like really tightly crammed on a board, so that there's really only like four or five on the board. And this is definitely a contender with its size, and it's a drive, and it's a fuzz, so it's perfect for me, and I like the sound of both of them. I have in a box over here what will obviously be my big reverb. I thought it was going to be the Spring King forever, the Dan Electro, but I need to unbox this, <laughs> this surfy bear. You can see how big it's going to be. Um, and then I've got some other big pedals around. Like I've got the uh, the Game Changer uh, 
Plus, which is a sustaining sort of thing. It's pretty big for a pedal. And then I can always throw like a uh, like an Ernie Ball VP Junior on there, or like a classic no, big wall. You gotta go get a. I'm I'm thinking like you need a get a not a VP Junior, but like a full classic VP mono. Oh damn, the really big one. Yeah. Uh, I the the real trick here. I need a big tuner. What's oh. the biggest tuner? Like I can't just like. Just like, you know, like give up and do a regular tuner. It's got to be a big tuner. Like, do I have to get like one of those old like Korg like uh, uh, wall tuners? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you need to get a rack tuner. But you're, a rack so, tuner. And just make it so that the depth of your pedal board is enough that you can mount the rack tuner to the like the very top row. Here's what I should do. I, I should just get a regular tuner and then I should get one of those big magnifying window stickers that they put in the back of. Like Winnebago's. <laughs> you should get a regular tuner and you should just get a Boss TU2 but have it rehoused in like oh, a giant enclosure. I should have Ed Chu rehouse. No. I've got to get a snowball. Rehouse into the volume? I've got to get the volume tuner. Because then it's a big Ernie Ball volume pedal with the tuner in it. I think it's the... V- is it the full volume or the VP Junior? Doesn't Ernie Ball make their own version now, too? They did. I'm not sure if they're still making it. Or I don't know if that was just like a prototype that never... I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen it in production yet. I need some big stuff. So I've got I've got drive, fuzz. I've got reverb. I need like a big delay. I'm going to yeah. do wah or volume. And I'll need a big tuner. And that's a pretty decent board for delay you should get that t-rex tape delay oh damn this is gonna be a big it's like a 900 pedals board it's gonna be a big expensive pedals board jeez louise that is big i could even though i'm not going to use the the spring king i could get the reel to reel by dan electro there you go or or a classic mm-hmm. a modern classic line six what oh, is that the dl4 DL4. dl4 there you go that is a I've never owned one. It would be a smart one that's, for me to that's have. A, that's a big Multis pedal. Yeah. <laughs> or I could... I'm just putting the S in random spots. <laughs> it's like sometimes I think people don't even know how to use their S's. <laughs> oh, man. I'm looking forward they're to putting, this board now. They're putting Zess's places as they don't belong. I can't tell if you're doing a... a it's just, a letter Kenny reference. If you're doing a thing, if you're doing a letter Kenny reference, or if you're just doing a really bad Jar Jar Binks impression. <laughs> it's, a, it's both. It's pretty bad at being both. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to talk about this album? Album exchange time, Yeah, let's Steve? do it. Album I, review. You, album review. So we take all our album reviews now from the Inner Circle yeah. uh, uh, Patreon group. So if you want to suggest albums to us. That's the only way to do it. You got to give some, us money first. At some point, you need to uh, deliver your deliver your uh, payback, I guess, for Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. Well, I was I was like, I'm going to drop Ween on Steve, and, and so I just picked it, and then Steve picked Ween. He that's <laughs> like, take, strike. Take that. Well, somebody actually suggested it, and so I will say, I a lot of people on YouTube, and thanks for the. And YouTube and Facebook, and thanks for the suggestions. We're all trying to give you ideas to like punish me with. But the thing is that I think the real key 
for it to be effective as a, as retaliation is it has to be something that you like. Yeah, that's the trick. Because everybody was like, everybody was like, oh, you could, oh yeah, here's, you guys, Steve will really hate, what was it? There was something that I saw, I was like, yeah, I will hate that. But Ryan will, will probably hate it more. They're like <laughs> suggesting all these like, uh, like, um, uh, late or like late two thousands. Uh, I don't know what they. I don't even know what kind of what the music like crab core where it was like rapping over right, right. over like metal core. Yeah, and I was like, no, every like all we're both all, gonna hate that. All like normal brained people hate this music. Yeah, like. <laughs> Like I, I'm all for if you know I'm all for inner circle people. But giving it's also us, like we want to try to aim for stuff that is relatively in pop culture. Like, do we though? Like, it, oh, sure. I, could, I could go crazy obscure and pull up stuff that no one's ever heard of, but like no one's going to care about oh, a review because yeah, sure. no one has any sure. sort of basis to like disagree or agree with us. Like, I, I think really that's the hope, thing. Like the was, audience, we want to get stuff that the audience can is going to already kind of know about yeah know about its existence or they won't have to work hard to find it exactly least, you know exactly like um, i wanted to draw uh sanctified glory mountain revival family i don't know if you've ever listened I to that i don't know what that is it's technically a christian album but then it's really trippy and psychedelic and it might be making fun of itself you're just not sure yeah well that it's like know, someone it's like someone found like a 1960s era Christian album. Right. And then they dropped acid and then dropped a bunch of samples into it. I feel like there's a very logical segue from what you're describing now back into Ween's 12 Golden Country Greats. It's not too far away from like a Ween sort of concept. Um, I've listened to a Ween album before, but never this one. I listened to, what is it? I'd, I'd taken the note, the, the Chocolate and Cheese is the name of the album that I used to own. But were you familiar with this album? Because I th remember you making a comment. About yeah, Chocolate it, and Cheese. About uh, something that I thought was a reference to this album. I, I knew that this album existed. I've never listened to it all you've the way through. You've never heard like it? But you've heard at least some of the songs? I think I've heard one or two. Okay. You but it's like, like, I've, like I explained in an earlier episode, you know, I, I came of age during LimeWire and Napster and stuff. Right. So like, I didn't have full episode, full albums. I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, here's like three songs from Ween and they'd all be from different albums. I'm, like, I'm going to download three songs from this other band and this other band and I'm just checking stuff out, you know? It's like right. just taste testing things. All right, you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> I thought it was a lot of fun. I think I'm going to I'm going to predict that you really enjoyed it. I enjoyed most of it. Um, it was definitely like I was working and I was like, oh, this is really fun. Like, this is reminding me like it's kind of it is kind of like all over the map with like, you know, kind of 60s through maybe like early mid 80s country. Right. Um, the thing that did start to. So, like, I'm holding you opening track. And I'm, all I wrote down was classic country start. Like, yeah, that's like right there. And and so overall, well, I, I wrote down a couple times. <laughs> I was like. Country acts should be covering these songs. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I couldn't tell if Japanese Cowboy was trying to just ape Rhinestone Cowboy or if it was an actual like lyric changed cover, and I didn't really want to care. I don't. I, didn't care. I don't think it's 
trying to be rhinestone cowboy that just like, it doesn't have the hook if you were gonna if you were gonna ape that then you would have the hook that's like, true like a rhinestone cowboy like yeah, yeah. it's not that that line but it definitely had like it was like a weak version of that line but i don't think the line after that was close enough right right um but i like that there's a shoney's reference in there are you familiar with shoney's no so shoney's uh at least, so this album was from like 1996, I think. Uh-huh. Shoney's in like the early mid 90s, probably going back further, was basically um, they were really well known for their breakfast. It's like a southern chain. Is it like a Denny's or something like that? I would say it's like a Denny's if it was like run by southern grandmas. All right. So it's like very nice. And like their whole thing, like their whole deal was that they were all about like hospitality. So you go to like any Shoney's and you feel like you're at the same Shoney's over and over again. Is it kind of like Cracker Barrel? Sure. That, that's maybe like a better thing, but they were like really well known for their breakfast. Mm-hmm. And so that was like your road trip is like literally one of the, one of the times my family traveled. Is this going to be about the album at any point? Yes. Uh, <laughs> because I just said like, I do love Shoney's and they reference Shoney's. Yeah. Um, is that like Shoney's is the kind of place when you're traveling like cross country on the, um, the 40 that you're just like, oh, where's the next place we're going to stop? Oh, there's a Shoney's. Let's just pull over here and sure. like spend the night, and then we'll eat Shoney's in the morning. Yeah, it's safe. You know what to get. Or you know you, they're going to take care of you. Yeah, or you're like, oh, there's a Shoney's like two hours from here, so let's stop here, get an early start, and eat breakfast at like 11 o'clock at yeah. the Shoney's two hours from here. I think the West Coast, like, uh, the West Coast uh, uh, analog to that would be the way Split the Andersons used to be. Yeah. Where like Absolutely. You could drive up and down the coast and every like four hours there would be a split P. Anderson's. Yeah. And you would just be like, how am I going to time my lunch while I'm driving from L.A. to San Francisco? Yeah. You know? it, the restaurants are completely different, but there's definitely that mentality. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I said um, overall, I was talking about um, country music. So one of the things I said is, is country music in this era, era had really great production values. So that was one of the things that stood out because – this album is doing a lot of like old timey things. Yeah. But the production is very like in that moment country. Yeah. Like you could have released this album next to a George Strait album. Sure. Or, and if you like wipe all of the ridiculousness of Ween out of it, it would sound just like a George Strait or Randy Travis album in terms yeah. of no, the production very, value. It felt very sincere. Like it didn't, like I was expecting off of the album art and the name, like, oh, this is just going to be a gag on country music. But no, I think the country element of it was completely sincere. Yeah. Did you count the tracks? There was like 10, right? <laughs> yeah. This album's called 12 Golden oh. Country Greats. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that classic. They, that I was reading about it and I guess that like that another band did that where they were like it was called like 20 essential jazz album, like uh-huh. 20 essential jazz tracks or something. Yeah. And there was like 16 songs. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, piss up a rope. Oh, man. I loved it. <laughs> that took what, a turn. What was my note on piss up a rope? I, I wrote something for sure about that. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to read through my notes as I went through the album. Uh, I wrote the only Ween album I've ever listened to is Chocolate and Cheese. This is very country from the get-go. Second track is Country Western 2. Keep waiting for them to pull the rug out from me and get super weird. 
Okay, track three, piss up a rope is exactly what I was expecting. <laughs> I'm loving this. Well, so the thing is, is like piss up a rope isn't even like it's still sincerely country. It's still sincerely country. It's just like okay, which would be a great album name. We're gonna drop a uh, like a Buck Owens thing. Yeah, but it's like if Buck Owens, uh, if you took like a Buck Owens songwriting, but also uh, co-written by Sam Kinison. Yeah. I mean, and coming, have you ever listened to any other Ween? No. Coming from the one Ween album that I have listened to, like what I was expecting is a lot of like super deep pitch modulated voices or super high stuff, like super weird offbeat, like production values, like really like inaccessible music wrapped around just ridiculous out there song concepts. And I was amazed at how much they, how clean they were with these songs and how Mm. songy these songs are, you know, like these are songs that you could learn how to play on an acoustic guitar and go do like a country open mic night. And people probably wouldn't know that you were doing ween songs, you know, I'm actually, I'm doing a piss on, piss up a rope at a longhorn bar this week. Um, <laughs> Yo, if you did, do you know what was if you did piss up a rope in a country bar, people would put their put their pine up and they'd be like, "Hell yeah!" Because <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like yeah, a modern yeah. like like booze country song. Yeah. Um, who's the, who's the guy what, that like sings the, about booze all the time? What's the instrument at the end? I'll get back to that. What's the instrument at the end? The, the solo instrument on that on piss up a rope is like bonkers. Oh yeah, it's some sort of like something like a synth being fed through a ring modulator. Yeah, or I was like, like what in but the world? Is that's that? that's part of what I was talking about when it's like, okay, this is what I expected from Ween. Like that kind of instrumentation. Like usually their songs are like all that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, piss up a rope. Um, I, I mean, get, say I, usually when I've listened to like one other album, booze country. Who although he was also possibly the father of bro country. Uh huh. Um, is I booze country a genre? I just made that up. I think you did just make it up, but I, you know, what I'm thinking with that is, um, Toby Keith has a song called Red Solo Cup, right? Uh, and I think he also has um a song. I don't know what it's called, but it's basically the entire song is like counting the number of shots of tequila. Like piss up a rope kind of lands somewhere in between what I would expect as a hybrid between Hank Jr. and Hank 3. Ah, oh, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Like, yeah. it's hitting in that territory, like this missing link between the two. Yeah. Uh, Toby Keith also has a song called I Love This Bar, a song called Beer For My Horses. Yeah. Uh, now, he also has a lot of songs that are very, very um, uh, American. Yeah. Merca. So who do we recommend this album to? Who should listen to um, this? Well, hold on, hold on. Are we, are we moving on? Are we done? I don't know. I don't know. Do you have more to say about it? I do. Um, so I, you know, I kept saying like this is eighty, very eighties, nineties production with sixties and seventies sounds. Pretty girl at Pretty Girl was the song where I was kind of over the vocal. I was like, I'm done with this because Pretty Girl was another one of like they kept going in and out. I was fine with like the single vocal. Uh huh. But I got started to get really burned out on like the harmonies. Oh, interesting. I was just like, ah, oh, guys, too hey, much we, for Steve. We get it. We get it. You, uh, you like to sing at the same time and sing different notes. That's some ween boys. Uh, 
Wieners. Uh, Mr. Richard Smoker. That took me a minute. That was I, a fun I, song. I listened through the entire thing, and it was at the very end. I was like, wait, what? I need to listen to that again. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> what did I write about that? Oh, I wrote Mr. Richard Smoker is pure ween. Is it? That's what I figured. Yeah. Like, I was like, seemed very like, and it's just so over the top. And I was like, I think maybe I need to take a deep dive into the rest of their stuff because maybe they have a lot more going on than I realize. They have a lot more versatility. Oh, it's very blue. Oh, yeah. They're, the, deep, they're the, deep into blue humor. Right after I finished this album, concepts. Uh, right after I finished this album, YouTube directed me to their album, uh, Quebec. Uh-huh. I listened to like one song and I was like, I need to listen to something else now. I need, <laughs> I to, need to go read the Bible now. You know, I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, well, I said work has been nuts this week, so I couldn't, sure. I couldn't do back to back. That ender, Fluffy. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why, Fluffy? <laughs> See, I, if if I was going to have you start on Ween, I would have done the album that I've listened to because there's just some like classic weirdness on there that I'd love to be able to reference with oh, yeah. you. <laughs> well, Maybe we'll get to it someday. Yeah. So uh, you want to hit us? Uh, you want to take us to? Uh, you want who's well, going to come to town? Else? Who's uh? You don't. You, who do you want to recommend this to? Oh, I thought, you you want to recommend it? If you yeah. like weird stuff, if you like getting into kind of like, you know, like junior high boys humor. It's, with the lyrics, it is very much like middle school humor. It's like if Adam Sandler was an actual artist. <laughs> It's like if Adam Sandler was actually funny. If Adam Sandler went to art school, like <laughs> that actually, no, actually, I can see that because it, it is like that very crass humor, but it's so like into itself, right? In a way that Adam Sandler, like, is obviously like you listen to Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler album, you're like, this is a joke. This right, is clearly right. a joke. Well, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be humorous. Yeah. Where this is more like you want to sing about some messed up stuff. Yeah, let's sing about something really messed up. Really messed up. Let's sing about my my dog wasting away on the porch. Yeah, but then also it's kind of funny, (laughs) the weird way. (laughs) You guys want to you guys want to huff helium and then sing about some really messed up stuff. Oh my gosh, like that's Ween, you know. But then also, if you like country, if you like classic country. Yeah. Like this album kind of scratches that itch pretty yeah. damn hard. It's kind of like if you like classic country, but you also like Alice Cooper. If you like classic country and you also like LSD, this might be the album for you. Go check it out. All right, Steve. All right, uh, let's pay a bill. Let's pay a bill. Let's, let's... I had a good one in my head the other day. Like, uh, it's what's the terminology that like a venue would use like when they're going to pay the bands? Ah, it's so uh, wait, obvious. You, wait, you know of venues that pay the bands? I can't think of the... I, I had it in my head, now it's gone. All right, take us to the sponsor town. This week's episode is brought to you by Runway Audio. They sent us some cables. Yeah, Runway Audio is a boutique shop in Nashville. They uh, hand solder high-quality, beautiful cables right there in Nashville. These are... Uh, available in red. This is the red. That's the aqua. They're also available in uh, gray, white, and black. They're all Texflex covered cables. Texflex. Tech Texflex. Not Texasflex. Uh, they are low capacitance uh, cables, so they're going to preserve tone. They're going to minimize your signal loss. And, of course, because they got this, this sheath on there, they're not going to tangle. 
Yeah, you I like te- I like tech flex stuff whenever I can get it. These look like they're maybe like a fifteen foot or twelve yeah, foot or something. It's a like real that. nice cable. Uh, they also sure. make like a what is it called? Like a breakout box? They make like a patch bay. They make some other stuff. But Ryan, we're talking about cables this week. We're talking about we're cables. Talking this about week. cables this week. If you're spending money on your instruments, actually, I was in a conversation with someone this week who was saying like, you know, are expensive cables worth it? And it's like, well, you know, you're dropping like a thousand, two thousand dollars, whatever, on your rig, like. Yeah, 50, 60, 70 bucks for the first thing that goes from your guitar to your pedal board or whatever instrument you play to your pedal board. It's definitely worth it. Here's uh, what I say. Uh, whether or not expensive cables are worth it is up to you. Cheap cables are not worth it. Yeah, They're not worth the headache, the heartache, the technical issues that happen when you have a cable fail on you. Get yourself a cable that's built well and is made with, uh, you know, components that you can trust yeah this is like i said this is a great beefy cable i would uh i'm definitely gonna enjoy this i'm gonna throw one gonna, of these in my bag he's gonna enjoy it we're gonna enjoy it he's gonna enjoy it looks it. great uh, i think it's gonna like stand out in a way that other people are gonna be like dude that's cool runway audio yeah I probably already have the logo Go check him out runwayaudio.com all right, Steve. You, you ready wanna... to uh, to talk about this Let's thing? Talk about a topic. We're gonna talk about a topic that was a topic. Uh, from like a month ago, but we're going to talk it's about it. It's not a that. month ago. It was like a week and a half ago, dude. This is the TC Electronic Plethora X5. What's a plethora? What do you think about this thing, dude? We, we, we've had enough time to look at it and hear about it and like kind of absorb that this thing exists. And other podcasts have already talked about it. Go listen to the Gear Slum. I listened to them today and they were talking about it. I, I was kind of surprised by it. I This is the kind of thing now. I mean, I guess, I guess maybe like this interface on the picture here maybe that took some time to develop i don't know uh-huh um i think this thing is it 399 yeah it's like 400 um that might just be msrp though what if it what if it streets for like three, i thought it was street 325 or something like that um i mean if it if it really is i mean there's so much to to say about this thing first of all this is a sort of thing that TC Electronics should have done five years ago. You know what, dude? It is four ninety nine, and that is street. That can't be street. That is the price at Sweetwater. Five hundred. MSRP is seven hundred and fifty. No. You know, so here's the issue. Isn't with this. the HX Stomp five hundred? The HX Stomp is, I believe, six hundred. But they just came out with the 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 Pod uh, Go, and that's four hundred. I think. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Uh, Six forty nine for the HX Stomp. Okay, so okay. one hundred and fifty dollars still... more than this. Um, yeah, I you know this. So my issue. So the first thing I'll, I'll say is this is like five uh, tone print series TC electronic pedals in one unit. So from that perspective, like yeah, you're you're going to be saving a little bit of money there. If you think to yourself, oh, I could buy five tone print standalone pedals and that's what i'm going to do then this is an excellent product to come out because you're like oh i can probably save a 100 bucks and it might save me a little room because i'm not patching pedals together but if you're like most people that don't have five pedals from the same brand in a row on their board you're not you're not doing yourself any favors here i don't think and part like something that I but I mean, think, but I mean, I feel like you could make that argument for anything, right? Like, you know, Boss comes out with the DD twenty, and it's like, oh, two who has two Boss delays or whatever on their board? 
you know, it's, but I guess in this case, it's five. You've got the whole lineup. It's different things. Um, I would be into this if it was just two. And you could mix, right. you could mix and match two different tone prints, any tone print you want across two different uh, pedals. There, that would make more sense to me. Right. But like, this doesn't have any drive in it. There's no dirt yeah. on board. Yeah. So like, you really are building just an ambient thing with this. You've got modulations and you've got time effects. Yeah. And, and all you, all and you that's have it. is uh, is the the. St- I think there is one bass preamp pedal that has tone prints that. I think technically you could use on this, but that's like, that's a stretch. Obviously like yeah. I'm stretching, I'm stretching for the benefit of the doubt. I, I agree with you. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you got two delays, two different reverbs for different settings. And then you throw a modulation in there or like you have like three modulations and a delay and well, a no, reverb. You have, or- you have presets, man. So like you can do this however you want. You could do like chorus delay phaser. Like you take care of your entire back half. And the thing is like, there's no new products in this. There's no new, like they're using code and they're using patches right. that are, some of them are probably a decade old now. And I think that's one of the issues with this is I think this would have been a really good, uh, pedal. You know, if they, I would say even as recent as like when the helix dropped, if they were, had released this to be like, you don't need, you know, this giant thing to have the latest and greatest in like effects, you can get this small thing. Like if this had but, came out at the same time as like the M nine or the M five, yeah, then it would have been a competitor. And that and that is like part of the problem that I have as well is like I think this is a competitor uh, for the Line Six M nine, right? But, but the, the uh, Line Six M nine, let's see, it came out in. I can't even figure out. That's how long ago it came out. Yeah, I want to look up the Pod Go. Is it does is it does it have a price already? Uh, the Line Six Pod Go is four fifty new Sweetwater. Okay, it's fifty dollars so is... more than this, and it's you know an all in one solution. It's got got drives, got amps, got cabs. It's got all the delays and reverbs that right. you need to do very similar sounds to this. All the you know modulations and tremolos and things like that. And it's got a, a foot expression connected to it, and you can still build a pedal board around it with you know. Uh, uh, the loops and whatnot, and all kinds of other stuff. I and this obviously is a smaller footprint than that, but for fifty bucks more, you get a lot more with the Pod Go. Like this, it just seems like too little, too late, and it's not bringing anything new as far as like the code goes. Yeah, they, as far as the the core products. The M nine came out in two thousand thirteen. That was seven years ago. I don't know when the first pedals in this series came out. Those have I like just, LCD screens though, right? Yeah. Like this, like, yeah, this is a modern product because it has little animated, you know, has like the LED, screens from like, like all the screens like on like it. The boss GT stuff has now. Right. They're full color screens that allow you to have like really attractive looking displays on it. Um, but that's not, that's not really the selling point. Like the selling point is like the amount of tones that you could lock up in there. And another, th- like another thing, my issue with tone print stuff, mm-hmm. you get one on your board. And if you dive into the software, it's a deep dive. Like you can really tweak the hell out of these things. Right. Now you've got five of them 
and you're building i think it can store probably like 150 patches think, or something like yeah, that yeah it's like one one i, I thought it was like 127 but sure. it, it doesn't matter it's a sure. lot it's more than you'll ever fill up and it's like you could spend your entire life tweaking all this stuff trying to get the like the perfect sound and it's just kind of option paralysis right i think you know what i think would have been a better uh a, I, you know I guess maybe it's too limited because people are going to want more than are going to want different ones or whatever is if you take what you were suggesting earlier, three pedals or just three tone prints, right? The fourth and the fifth slot are a built-in mojo mojo and a built-in dark matter. So you have like an overdrive and like their dirt box. So now you still have your five slots. I just think they should have made this thing smaller. Two or three slots, just three slots, would have been smart. Make it, uh, make it HX because I think if it was three slots, it would be HX stomp sized, roughly. Right. Uh, but it's just standalone effects, and then you just push like, oh, well, our effects are better than their their effects or whatever. Right, right. Drop the price a hundred bucks. Even if it was if it was slightly different format and it only had one pedal at a time, but you could do pre- presets to like bring up all kinds of different ones. Right. Like, it would be more attractive to me. Like, oh, any tone print on the fly, like, this is the pedal. I think you want to be able to do it. It's just a couple, at it's least. It's just such a big brick to be so dedicated to this ecosystem, yeah. you know? And, you know, I I was looking at pictures of the back earlier. There's got a bunch of ins and outs, which is, oh, yeah. I guess it's so you can, like, put your, like, reorder them. And, you know, right, right. they've got a loop in there so you can use your drives in any position and whatever. Like they're they're cool features for a product that should have come out a long that feels like it should have come out a long time ago. Yeah, I think that's the biggest criticism of it, and it just feels like it's too expensive for what is available now. Yeah, for a hundred and fifty bucks more, get an HX Stomp that'll do just about anything you want it to do, yeah. or fifty dollars more, you get the uh, the Pod Go. Same sort of situation, yeah. but you know, bigger, bigger, bigger footprint. Unless you're in love with the the tone print stuff, and you are in love with the mash buttons, I don't get it really. Yeah, I I don't think I've known anybody who has owned more than maybe two TCs of the tone home. print series, and it was usually like they they'll own the flashback and the Hall of Fame, and like the the mash button thing is fun. Like I, I, you they, got five mash, Ryan, they five sent, mash. They sent me a couple of those pedals when they came out and I had fun messing with them. But then after a while, it's one of those things where you just stop using it on your board. Right. Like you're like, Oh yeah. I mean, I guess I could use it, but that's not really how I use pedals. I don't sit there and like babysit, you know, the, the foot button to do, you know, expressive stuff. And I just found like, it was kind of tricky to d- dial in exactly what I wanted from the mash and stuff. And sometimes the, the button felt a little sticky and it wasn't, you know, like fully, you know, pleasurable to use. So, and like some of them, one of them, like the button was really stiff and like, you could barely get it to express at all. Mm-hmm. And the other one was like, it would really express. So there was like inconsistency with the mash buttons. That was my experience anyways. Maybe it's just cause I got burned out on TC stuff that now I'm looking at this. I'm like, I don't know if you're in love with this concept. If you look at the, uh, the plethora and you're like, Oh, that's super cool. I can't wait to get it. I'm definitely going to have one of those. Like, chew us out in the comments. <laughs> Tell yeah. us how wrong we are. But I just, I'm just not excited about it. You want to take us to the next uh, 
Yeah, this ad was sent by Andrew Roseboom. This is trade guitars for a uh, motorcycle in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, not to be uh, uh, not to be confused with the Kansas City in Kansas. State of Kansas City, Kansas. Which, Aren't they're across the border from each other? Right, brings great uh, pride to the state of Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> uh, I have guitars. I would be willing to trade for a vintage motorcycle. I only want a running motorcycle. A project is okay as long as it runs. I mostly want Honda CBs or Yamaha RDs, but you never know. So feel free to send me whatever you have. My Explorer has an ugly headstock repair. It plays great. It's a '79 or '80. Has 58 special pickups. Aside from that, it's all original. Um, Aren't 58 specials Ibanez pickups? I don't know. I feel like they are. Uh, the Firebird is a custom shop reissue of a 1965 Firebird produced in 1999, I believe. It also has a nasty headstock repair, but is a great player. Comes with hard shell case. The third is a 1978 Gibson S1 original. Other than the tuning machines, great player. Comes from uh, comes with none original, probably oh non original hard shell case. Trade values a uh, thousand for the Explorer, fifteen hundred for the Firebird, five hundred for the S1. Let me know what motorcycle uh, you have to trade and what guitar slash guitars you want for it. Do you think his values are on point for the damage to two of these guitars? If it were if they were clean repairs, then maybe. But the repair on the Firebird is not. They both look really rough. A to good, me. Re- like it, it's, it's basically they took it somewhere and they were probably it's they they might be good repairs, right? But the, he took it somewhere and the to and they pro- didn't do the finishing work on it, right? Where the luthier is like, well, you know, like I can I can just reglue this back for like a hundred and twenty bucks or whatever. It's not too expensive to get that done, right? You know, a hundred and twenty, hundred and fifty bucks. But if you want it refinished, like it's going to be like three hundred, and the guy was just like. No, it's cool. Just glue it back together. The repair on the Explorer looks really gnarly to me. Yeah, like I'm looking. F- I like I look at that repair and I'm looking for like a just a random screw that's it holding it all together. It doesn't even look like a normal break. Yeah, it's like a cartoony zigzag break. This guy. It w- looked like it was torn, like paper. This guy wants to trade these for a motorcycle, but these guitars look like they were dropped off a motorcycle. <laughs> well, I have a motorcycle. I could trade them. Uh, the, the front uh, wheels completely snapped off at the. <laughs> but, it, but is it running? The shock but is it running? Oh yeah, the engine starts up just fine. But yeah, that front wheel is never going to reconnect. Like it's just the whole front of the motorcycle is just ripped off. Don't worry, I taped it back on. Like it's on there real good with some tape. The S one price. And he, I think did you is, notice that he's missing the the arm end on the the vibro maestro the vibrola? No, on the Firebird, it's missing the plastic end on the arm. Oh yeah, I did notice that, which is a shame. These things were not in a safe home. <laughs> Two guitars with broken headstocks sitting next to what? That's a Marauder, right? Yeah. Which you can't break the headstock off because it's a maple neck. <laughs> I mean, you could if you really tried, but I've never seen a Marauder with a broken headstock. You think he would trade that Marauder for like a bird scooter? <laughs> <laughs> Is a bird scooter worth uh, 500 I will say, so this doesn't have the original tuners on it, and that doesn't really bother me that much. Which one? The Marauder? The Marauder. Um, I actually think that one's probably priced fairly. Yeah. Um, 
these other ones, the like I said, the repairs are just so. If I was Marauder curious and that was local, I would probably be hitting them up. Yeah, because the single coils look pretty cool in that thing. I always like the Marauder headstock to the Arrow headstock, and the whole like maple thing. Like they're just a funky Gibson guitar. I mean, like non-finished Gibson Explorers. So I mean, like natural finished from that era are like twenty four hundred. Yeah, they're at people are asking for those. So maybe that price is like, what's he want? I think if a you're thousand, if you're in a U two cover band, and you want that black Explorer, but you don't really care if it's perfect. Like I think that repair is probably serviceable. Like you could take that to someone and have them fill in right that really rough repair and make it look all right maybe they might have to it's like a leg that's like the the broken bone has healed incorrectly the doctor might have to re-break that to start over yeah i don't know because it's pretty rough looking uh the firebird again he's asking 1500 like i guess all of these prices are probably half of what they would sure. cost in like minty sure so it's hard to be like oh well it's not worth it but i just don't know if i'd want to deal with that i mean with these this it, it, you really get like this abusive home vibe off of yeah. this whole thing and i think that's the biggest problem with all of it is like it feels like if like these major visual issues are going on. What else has happened to these guitars? Mm-hmm. And it's just like a skeevy feeling I'm getting from this ad. Like this ad has a very threatening aura. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I do agree with you. I, I think the S one at 500 is, is interesting. The other two, you know, given the damages and everything, you're just kind of wondering like, what did you do? Uh, you look in the background. I think this guy's actually like a firefighter. Yeah, I saw that. Um, he's got in one of the pictures. He's got a firefighter thing in the background. In the background of like the main photo, he's got some kind of like holster with a radio in it. Um, that kind of looks like what I've seen like local firefighters wear all the time. Yeah. Um, he's also got a Fender Mustang amp. Yeah, yeah. One of the uh, so you know he's not ones. a serious musician. But it's it's kind of like a weird pairing, like oh you've he got has a Gibson Les Paul Deluxe. You've got these kind of like higher value guitars. They started out higher value, anyways, and then you've got essentially like a seventy five dollar amp used. Yeah, like what's going on with you? Maybe dude? Uh, maybe these were like salvage guitars that he got from like houses that the fire department got called to, and like they right, burned so- down, and then they like went back later and were like. Oh, let's just take all this crap. No, it's it's the gangs of New York firefighter scene here. What's going on? He shows up with his buddies, and that no disrespect to actual firefighters. This is just a comical thought here. Mm-hmm. He shows up with his buddies. Like this house is burning down. It's gonna. We can't save it. They're inside. They're looking around. Like we can't save this thing. Grab what you can on your way out. Insurance will cover it. So he's he's in a house. He's like, this house is going down. I'm going to grab this Firebird on the way out. And uh, the the homeowner is going to just assume it's ash because it might as well right. have been. Right. You know? Seriously, though, no disrespect. <laughs> Firefighters, this is what I would do. It's weird, though. <laughs> because was the, a sketchy firefighter. Because I feel like that's, that's like a kind of plausible situation. Crazier things have happened, you know? And he and he's rushing out the door with with an axe in one hand, firebird under his under his arm, and the headstock just 
takes a casualty as he's going out the door and sliding down the ladder. Right. You know, right. <laughs> so he does the best repair he can back at the firehouse with a bottle of crazy glue. <laughs> and then he never uh, he never gets around to finishing it because he's just spending all his time saving lives. Yeah, because he's an American hero. Now, now he wants a motorcycle. Now he wants a motorcycle. He needs more adventure because he's a badass. I, I, Fighting I, fires isn't isn't dangerous enough for him. Now he's got to go ride a, ride a motorcycle without a helmet in the middle of the night with the lights off. I, I think it's pronounced badass. Badass. He's a real badass. Are you ready to pay some more bills? Let's pay some more bills, Steve. All right. Uh, this week's uh, episode is also sponsored by Diderio, uh, makers of the XT Series String. We've been getting, I've actually been seeing a lot of feedback, not just from messing around with your stuff, uh, but online where a lot of people are like, yeah, I, I finally uh, tried out these XT Strings and they're really good. You know what? I've been, I've restrung a bunch of stuff around here. Um, and all the strings still looking and feeling like the first day I put there these on. Go. I looked at my Jaguar earlier today uh-huh. and I realized all the strings are rusty and I haven't really been playing it for a while because uh-huh. I haven't had a good uh, video to feature it in. Right. And I realized, oh, yeah, I changed strings on that right before they sent us oh. the XT. So th- does it have XLs on it? I'm not sure what I put on it. You just put whatever. I put whatever I had. For shame. Yeah. It might be XLs. It probably is. It probably is. It could have been blue steels. I have a grab bag of of random strings in a box. But I'm so happy with these things. Uh, I just put a set on the Nutter Astro Captain that's out of frame here uh, because I filmed a demo with it yesterday. And they're just so great. I love these strings. And I two episodes ago, I wrongly said that these things are normal priced affordable strings i thought they were like five or six no, bucks they like 14 or 15 bucks no they're like 12 bucks 12 bucks so i'm sorry to everyone that i misled but my experience so far 12 bucks 12 bucks well spent yeah yeah, yeah. for sure like the like my strats right there i can see the strings are still shiny and they should not be for how long ago i put those on there like four months ago yeah and i've been playing that strat they shouldn't be shiny anymore. They shouldn't feel slick anymore, but they do. Yeah. This week's episode is also And it still sounds you... like 20, oh. 20 and bright. This guy is just always talking over me. Leave a comment. <laughs> Defend Steve's somebody, honor. T- somebody commented that I was the ballast on the show, but I think that's an insult. Yeah, I think they were trying to say that you're dead weight. Yeah. Or that you hold me down. Yeah. I because otherwise I'd float, float away. Something like that. But I think both of those are like British insults. Like I think yeah, it's maybe. a British insult. Maybe. Even though ballast is, like you said, it's a very important part of maintaining balance for like anything right. that's in the water. So. Or in the in the air if you're a uh, if you're a hot air balloon. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Hot air balloons. Suck it. That's science. Yeah. All right. This, speaking of science. Steve and I are a team. This, We're a whole package. This, uh, this, Stop uh, picking on Steve. <laughs> somebody just commented on like multiple times like i don't like steve oh my god and i was just like who does <laughs> that's not the point of steve it's not about being likable it's about being steve we need a steve around um this this episode's also brought to you by chase plus audio uh they make pedals more creative than you are they've got a full lineup of everything except a flanger um so go check them out <laughs> at chase don't ask about a flanger yeah you want a delay? Chase Bus Audio. Has a couple of them. Tremolo? Chase Bus Audio. Yeah. Looper? Oh, 
You want a, you want a full looper or you want a granular looper? Chase was audio. Yeah. You want like preamps? You want drives? You got they got them, and they're the most ridiculous, creative, over the top pedals you'll ever encounter with its batch of which with its patch of dip switches on the back there. Yeah. Like billions of options with these pedals. That's why we say chase with pedals for for pedals that are more creative than you are. Yeah, with the digital brain and analog heart, chasebliss.audio, chasebliss.audio.com. <laughs> can you believe these people give us money? <laughs> we can barely talk. <laughs> All right, this uh, this next ad is sent by uh, Grant Wilson. I, w- I will say this about the Chase Bliss stuff, too, because I've opened them up. I've seen what they look like on the inside. They're but there are still people out there who anytime a pedal... Uh, a new pedal is released. They just go, eh, that pedal's overpriced. It's just like $20 in parts, whatever. Oh, Chase Bliss has six knobs and like a bank of dip switches. So it's like $50 in parts, whatever. Like how do, how dare they charge $400? Um, next time you are up for a challenge and you just want to say like, oh, that pedal's just $20 in parts. Big Ear Pedals is now selling... Twenty dollars in parts and a six dollar aluminum box. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is great. Uh, Grant did this. Grant over at Big Ear did this to troll people, but he didn't know how to put it on his website without it being an actual sellable product. So he just made it an actual sellable product. Well, he, I think he's tried to take it down because like a couple of people actually ordered it. He said like six people ordered it. So he's like, well, now I got to ship them twenty dollars in parts. And he didn't actually wanted to sell it. He just wanted to have a link to be like, oh, you think that all pedals are just $20 in parts? Here you go. Oh, he told me he was just going to start making like grab bags that have $20 worth of parts in well, it. Well, maybe he told us different stories. <laughs> I don't know. Grant messages us both at 2 o'clock in the morning. Tells us what he's going to do. <laughs> Either way, uh, go go to BigEarPedals.com. And seriously, like... It's kind of hilarious. And a couple, and you know, he, like, like I said, people bought him. Someone in our group bought one and he like posted the picture of it and he tagged Grant and he's like, so what do I do now? And Grant's like, well, they're random parts. So have fun, I guess. John Cusack said he was going to order one and then build an actual pedal from it because if anyone could do it, right, uh, he could. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I do think like a lot of guys say like, oh, like, Twenty dollars in parts, six dollar box. It's sure like a lot of pedals. One, I've tried to build pedals. I have been uh, had very mixed success with mm-hmm. it, and that's using like available schematics online to do like Vero board stuff. Which this comes with in the picture. I don't think this is an actual picture. I could be I wrong. I mean, as far as you know, if you ordered this and it was still available, you might just get the metal enclosure and. Then fourteen dollars in knobs. Yeah, you, know, you yeah. have no idea what it's going to come with. It's just going to be twenty dollars um, worth of parts. But like, I have like, I definitely have twenty dollars in parts at home, and I could probably be building pedals with them. But there is a lot to be said for the time and effort that it takes to sort the parts, to, to even know what you're doing, to even like to just figure out what you're doing. And and you know, it's like I saw someone post recently, like they were complaining about. Um, pre-wired pit guards or just like uh wiring harnesses and stuff and they're like oh they're charging you like 60 bucks to wire this stuff for you and like 
your freaking soldering iron and the parts don't even cost that much. And my response was like, maybe your soldering iron doesn't, but mine does. <laughs> oh, nice flex, Steve. Yeah. yeah. How about how you Super like them rich. apples? Jewel encrusted soldering iron station over here. Um, but but the other thing of it is is you know Steve if, cleans his tip by rubbing it around in a cup full of diamonds. Yeah. If you you know if you really enjoy building pedals, then then and you enjoy doing that research, and you get like a satisfaction from it, then like hey, more power to you. Um, but you know, I think for a lot of people, like the value in there is is in the time. Yeah. It's like saying that, oh, don't buy a, a, a pizza from the pizza restaurant because it's really only a buck fifty in ingredients. Yeah. Like any idiot can sit there and figure out why that argument is stupid. Because you're hungry. You're not going to go home and take 50 cents worth of flour and sit there and make dough and rise the dough, which takes a day and a half. And then, you know, go get the cheese and the, all the ingredients and put them together and make yourself a pizza. You're hungry. Then you're paying for someone to do the work for you, Yep. you know, and to actually figure out how to make a really good pizza because your first time making a pizza at home, it's not going to be good. I just make the bubbly ones. <laughs> it's not delivery. It's, it's a Jorno. It's bubbly. Remember, I well, I said you just said that you still do it, but my mom did bubbly all the time when I was a kid. Yeah, and I got burned out on it. I'm like, this isn't actual pizza. We don't do it that often, but my kids like it's passable for my kids. It's just too bready. It's just a thick That's piece of bread. We do the we do the non bread pizzas here. That's our so is it like easy pizza? Is it like cauliflower crust? No, you get non bread from like the Indian market. Right. Oh, oh, I thought because I'm. No, you know, it's not not bread. Regular it's pizza is bread. N A A N bread. You get non bread. Non bread. Cauliflower. Cauliflower bread. <laughs> not cauliflower bread. It's, it's made out. Th- those little non breads, the Indian breads, those I, flatbreads are perfect pizza crusts. And they actually knew. Perfect it, size for putting in the toaster. I actually oven. knew exactly what you meant. I was just being obtuse. I know. That's Steve for you. Woo! I wonder if I can get those anywhere else because I don't have an Indian market anywhere near me. Yeah, you can get them. You can get them from Costco and stuff, but they're cheaper at the Indian market. Mm. I like the big freezer bag full of 15 of them. I don't know if I can eat those anymore with my diet. You probably can't. <laughs> Man, you've got it all you've got it all figured out this week. Um, you ready to do some housekeeping? I need to get this little label maker so we can actually remember you know, what's ready, on here. You ready to do some housekeeping? Yeah, housekeep us, Steve. I could just borrow a label maker from work sometime. Just make me the label. I, I should just get little paper things and tape them. Yeah, down the there. labels, I think the labels we have at work are too big. Yeah. If I just put some gaff tape down there, I could write notes on them. All right, let's do some deal. housekeeping. Housekeep us, Steve. Clean, um, clean house. This week, uh, we have uh, two supporters to talk about. First at the $10, uh, first at the $1 level. Here we go. Uh, because, you know, we, whether it's $1, $2, $10, whatever, like super appreciate it. You know what? Patreon, Patreon wrote us an email and said, oh, you guys should cancel your $1 level because we found blah, 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 blah. And you were like, you know what? Screw you, Patreon. We love our $1 Patreons because they love us enough to give us $1, which is enough to get two tacos at Jack in the Box. Before taxes. Before taxes. If you really love us, you'd sign up they, for like a dollar eight so you we could pay those taxes. There's way more people who pay Jack than there are people who pay a dollar. 
So we love those $1 Patreons more than the rest of you just bums out there. Just listen to this without paying us anything. All how, right. How, Jeez, is, how is Steve supposed to encrust his his soldering iron with jewels unless we get that sweet, sweet cash? That's a good point. Uh, so this first one at the inner circle level is Patrick Armstrong. That's a $10 level. And, of course, right now we're giving away stuff every time we hit it. I've been trying to refresh that box with stuff. Like getting little odds and ends I throw in there. I'm going to throw in oh, this shoot. dry and glide. I don't even know what that is. It's, you know, it's like it's like this powder roller that you can put powder on your hands to make your, uh, make your guitar playing real slick and fast. I think I got this at uh, 42 Gear Street. Oh, okay. It was, a, it was a thing they gave everyone. So I'm going to throw that in. I'm going to throw in this uh, Amumu Magnetic Sound Humbucking Pickup. SP60. So this is basically a take on the like Seymour Duncan or Fishman uh, yeah. sound hole pickup. Hope you have it's an really acoustic. cool looking. Um, I actually really like the way this is built. I, what I like about this the most. Here we go. Is uh, well, actually, there's two things. One is that it does actually have like I think this is a volume knob. I didn't read yeah, the it's instructions. Got some controls ever, on it, but it's got a control on it. And then the other thing I really like is that the cable detaches. Oh yeah, because that's one of the things that I actually always found. Um, and I guess like the cable doesn't have to detach. It has like a classic jack if you want to yeah. do a full install, which is actually really cool uh, because most of the. Um, and now that I'm looking at this, this is actually pretty cool. Um, <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't give this away. Oh, too late! I already, I already committed. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, it's like a nice setup. If you, you know, you can put that p- uh, bridge pin or that uh, strap pin where your current strap pin is on your guitar. It's probably like a pretty basic modification. You probably have to like drill the hole out a little. But yeah, go check it out. It's a humbucking, so it's going to be super quiet. It's going to give you a nice warm tone. Finally, a humbucker for your acoustic. All right, who's next, Steve? Uh, the other one at the $1 level, and like I said, we love all our uh, $1 people, is Mike Oxbig. Yeah, good old Mike's... <laughs> I couldn't do it. Good old Mike's Oxbig. I could not do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> which I will have to say is I think jo- Steve wanted to deliver it straight face. Yeah, and he failed. Uh, I think joke names is the best use of the one dollar tier. Yes. So if you want us to read off your joke name, just send us a dollar. Thank you for your dollar, Mike Oxbig. Yeah, thanks, Mike Oxbig. <laughs> next, next time we're going to hear from his cousin, Mike Oxmall. <laughs> <laughs> that that one did not land. Aww. Sorry. And speaking of uh, b- big oxes, um, this last ad was sent in by Stephen Stacy. This is a funky guitar made from a vintage Star Wars action figure case, the Vader Caster 2018, the Dark Side. This is a uh, oh. Sometimes when life hands you lemons, you make lemonade. If you're me and life hands you a vintage Star Wars action figure case from the 1980s, you make a guitar. I'm not going into the specifics of why this is so. I'm not sure I want to know, but just let it be said that there is now a guitar in the shape of, of Darth Vader for you to purchase. This thing is made out of vintage 1970s parts and is not exactly a PRS or Les Paul Shredder guitar, but it's fun to play, has a low action, intonates well. The humbucker is from an old Hondo and is loud as hell. The guitar is built around a maple core, so it'll hold up to some bashing. And, of course, the rainbow strap is included. Of course it is! That was going to be my first is. question. Again, I'm not going to try to explain this. 
I'm just going to put it out there and slowly back away. If you want to form <laughs> a Star Wars themed hillbilly jug band, that's on you. I have no responsibility for the terrible music this guitar will inspire you to make. Hint, if the entire band dresses up like Tauntauns and Wampas, I will totally buy your band t-shirt. Oh my gosh. This is uh, this is decently done. Aren't these I've, like... I saw this pop up a couple times like as I was scrolling through the group and whatever. And I was always just like, ah, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't care. And then I noticed that the humbucker is placed right where Darth Vader's mouth grill is. And that single detail got me on board. So I'm like, it just looks really great that that's his mouth, you know? And I don't know. It's a fun novelty. I don't think it's 498 fun, but I think it's a fun novelty guitar. So what's crazy now, I guess they're all over the all over the map because I just found one for twelve oh geez, twelve dollars plus seventy dollars shipping. These Vader cases are like not cheap. No, they're collectibles. But I mean you consider it a hundred dollars, would it be that insane to spend a hundred dollars on a guitar body? No. No, it would not. You're right. Here's so, one, here's one for eleven twenty five and eight seventy shipping. So some people out there are reasonable. So my my uh my biggest issue is that it looks like it just has the crappiest like vintage import neck on it. Yeah, the like neck this is isn't going to be a fun neck to play. Reinforce adjustable neck. Yeah, this is uh this is like a oof. Yeah, it's 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 what brand am I even reaching for when I'm looking at this? It's like a just like a Tysco. I don't even level. think it's this is harmony. You know what this is? Is this is um this is like seventies harmony. Yeah. No, that's what I mean when I say harmony. Right. If this isn't I'm saying this isn't like fifties or sixties where it's crappy in a cool way. This is crappy in a yeah. just crappy way. It has that metal bar string retainer that has bolts going all the way through the, the headstock, mm-hmm. you know, sort of thing. So this yeah, this neck isn't gonna be fun to play. Uh, you're buying a lot of novelty here with the Darth Vader thing. Um, I watched the video of this guy playing it. It yeah. produced sound. He was playing well on it. So I think it's uh, feasible that you could play well on this guitar and play some songs if you needed it to be you know, part of your act. Uh, the shape, actually, watching him hold it mm-hmm. made more sense than you would immediately realize because really all you're dealing with here is a V-shape. Yeah, no, it makes sense to me. It sits against your body as a V-shape. It's cause... basically the exact same shape as a Fender Katana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, I don't know. I can't tell anyone not to buy this. I I would just haggle. Oh, that sold. Someone did buy this. Oh, maybe, not, maybe not at that price. Maybe they made an offer. Well, there you go. I I'd hope that someone spent no more than three fifty on this. I think that's the that's the line for me for the novelty of this three hundred fifty bucks. What do you think, Steve? I don't even think I'd go that high. Maybe like two hundred, wow. two fifty, two hundred. Yeah, I was thinking higher until I actually looked up what these cases well, are you're, worth. You're paying for the sum of the parts with that price. You're not paying for the craftsmanship, Steve. You're not paying for the sum of the parts at that price. You're paying for a hundred dollar case. You're paying for a hundred dollar, like pile of parts: the neck, the pickup, the bridge. That's this. That's like a thirty dollar pile of parts. All right, (laughs) come on now, Steve. You're paying. We we already had this discussion about the pizza. Remember the pizza? 
It was a strong analogy, craftsman, Steve. Craftsmanship. 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 You're not going to build a Vader guitar at home. Mm. You're going to hire a professional. Sorry, I didn't know that was going to start playing right away. <laughs> All right, Steve, tell us about the song. Get us out of here. Uh, this song was sent by Peter. It's uh, He says, hey, guys, I've been listening to your show for a couple of years off and on. Man, well, maybe you should only listen on, okay? Yeah. Never off. Yeah, what's with uh, this off business, Peter? I wanted to share a song We're from very my band, aggressive, this episode. The Soviet Influence. We are out of Ontario, Canada. That explains it, Canada. Uh, socialists. Uh, and have a new album coming out <laughs> January 25th. The song is called Secret Space. The guitars are an Ibanez art core and a 1995 Mexican Telecaster. I used a custom Rang amp based on an AC30. The pedals included ground control audio serpents and Sukiyomi and a Dr. Scientist Tremolescence, a Diamond Counterpoint Delay, and a Blues Driver. Just kidding, Canada. I like you. <laughs> when worlds collide, both light and darkness, we wait on the side. Will we take
nice production value on that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I really like the mix. I like the song itself. I'm, you know, I'm commenting on the technical aspects of it, but it was a good listen. Good job. Thanks for sending that in, Peter. Bye, everybody. Stay grounded.